Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Don't play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. Because of nothing. You hear me? And please, just like we do. Yo, and sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the rest gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then, let's play. But that's seen us too. That gives us two. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Welcome to the Rob Bro Show. I am Rob Bro. Welcome back into another edition. I am the host, you are the co-host. Text in if you wish, 806-855-3712. The Arctic Air Studios today are pretty Arctic. If you need a solution to your Arctic Air, give Arctic Air a call. Lubbock. What are we doing today? It's uh, rainy. It's dull. My my head feels like it's cloudy inside and outside. It's crazy. That's weird how the rain does that. It just makes you feel like you want to go home and not do anything. But we're doing something today. We're doing the Rob Bro Show. So chime in, 806-855-3712. What's your favorite rainy day activity? You can also continue from Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland, the sports gift you would want. You can call it a Christmas gift if you wish, but what sports gift would you want? And what's the best sports gift you received, maybe? Big sports video gamer here. So as a kid, I always ask for the latest and greatest sports video game. NFL Blitz, one of the greatest of all times. I always wanted to do football. Around 10 years old, I really wanted an XFL football. And today, I would take an XFL football. Those things are awesome. Big fan of the XFL. They also, I believe, dropped some XFL jerseys today. That league is starting in February. I've not heard anything about the the USF. Is it coming back? Or whatever it was. What, What played last year? Wasn't there another league that played last year? Are they done? Are they still going? Do we have training camp? Didn't somebody win in Birmingham or something? Anyways. Football season doesn't end in February anymore. It starts. Well, I was going to say it starts in February, but that's just the XFL. And maybe the USF. I legitimately do not know. Somebody tell me if the USFL is still playing. Do I care? Not really. I didn't watch a single USFL game last year. I also, a little bit of a confession. I'm I'm done with football after the Super Bowl. F- football is my favorite sport. 
I watch, I ingest, I talk. Football is incredible. And some Red Raiders will be in the XFL. I will be watching the San Antonio Brahmas as TJ Vasher finally gets his professional shot. But... The AAF, the XFL, and the USL have not driven my interest at all. The AAF was fun because it was the first one. The first one that returned. And I watched some of those games. The XFL was fun because it was the return of the XFL and they did new rules and otherwise and it looked cool. The USFL last year was boring. Boring. I, I did not enjoy a single game. I, I, I mean, I didn't take in a single game. Uh, not a full one. I watched quarters. And that was like on prime time. ABC and Fox, I think. Not tuning in this year. I will watch the XFL, though. I will watch the San Antonio Brahmas. One thing that the XFL needs to do is step up their merch. The first time around, the XFL had incredible merch. This year round, it's like a trucker hat and a t-shirt. No, Nobody's wearing trucker hats anymore, I don't think. Unless they're throwback trucker hats, and then you're just, that's vintage, and that's why people wear them. Are people still buying new trucker hats? I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the XFL fan base target demographic is trucker hat people. But as a hat aficionado... Not a big fan. Uh, this off the text line, the kind alert texters saying that the USFL is renewed from April to June of next year. So now not only will you have the Super Bowl in February between the Cowboys and the Chiefs, <laughs> you'll have the USFL and the XFL. Now, if the USFL played to a champion and the XFL played to a champion and then the USFL champion and the XFL champion played a game, that I would watch. That I would be a part of. And to June is a fine timetable. It's fine. But you know what it is? It's college basketball season. It's college baseball season. And going back and forth, to me, I'm focused on college sports. And maybe, maybe this league, maybe this league is dedicated to the guy, the NFL guy. Because there are those people that exist. Probably not in this market so much. There are guys that that probably say, I don't really pay attention to college sports. People, men and women. 
there are probably people out there that just watch the NFL, and I'm sure that's who the XFL and the USFL are targeting. But for me, and I think a lot of people in this market, we're watching the NCAA tournament. We're not watching week five of the USFL on March 15th. Now, if these two leagues do a better job of pulling in the college football fan and saying Texas Tech's TJ Vasher and saying Baylor's Abram Smith, and they attract the the NFL fan who say who says, uh, "Oh, Martavius Bryant from the Steelers." Is playing for the XFL now? Maybe I'll tune in. But to me, the introduction of both the USFL and the XFL is... Eh. I mean, I need a I need a break. I need a break from football. And I do that by watching college basketball and college baseball and Major League Baseball, who, by the way, through June, is already started. And like the trade deadline and all-star break are approaching and you're really kind of figuring out who's a contender and who's not a contender April through June. So are you in on the USFL and XFL, yes or no? And we also have another text on the best gift uh, this one, did anyone mention the football telephone or the football uniforms they used to sell with the pads and helmet? I had a Dallas Cowboys one, jersey number 11. Good thing we did that with Hyatt not here. He would have freaked out at the mere mention of number 11 by the Dallas Cowboys. I also had one of those sets. I probably got it at Christmas. Uh, obviously, mine in a different era, I had number 8. Um I wonder if they still sell those because those are awesome. So XFL, USFL, yes or no. It's still Bandwagon Wednesday. If you want to get on a bandwagon, you can also talk about your favorite sports Christmas gift or the sports gift you would want. All of that on the text line, 806-855-3712. We'll take the break a minute or two early today as we get ready for the rest of the show. We'll reset the table. People are sending me articles. People are sending me stats. I need to look at this stuff and uh, get back into the show after this break. It is the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Should talk one of three point nine news money sports. Talking USFL, XFL, NFL today. Uh, big NFL fan, uh, and now the USFL and XFL both fighting for space beyond. Now, I used to even watch the Canadian Football League, 
But since 2020, I have not seen much of their stuff anywhere. Now, it could be because I am a cord cutter and you have to go find stuff now. You don't get the residual channel searching of cable where you're just trying to maybe find something else and then you stumble upon a CFL game and watch it for an hour and a half and then think to yourself, what the hell am I doing with my life? Why am I watching the CFL on a Tuesday afternoon or whatever it was? If, if I'm looking for something to watch on a Saturday afternoon, I, I either already know what I want to watch and I'm having to go find it specifically or I'm scrolling Netflix or some other site like that to find something to watch. I don't scroll through and accidentally stumble upon a CFL game anymore. So can the USFL, can the XFL create appointment viewing I would trust The Rock to create appointment television more than I would trust whoever's in charge of the USFL. And you've already seen bigger names and better marketing from the XFL. I've not seen anything from the USFL yet. And maybe, again, I'm not following the right channels here, but it doesn't feel like the USFL has any momentum or at least any momentum beyond what the XFL has. Maybe the XFL got the jump on them this year. Now, the USFL seemingly came together in about two months last year and then played all their games in Birmingham. Let me repeat that. They played all of their games in Birmingham, Alabama. They couldn't choose, I don't know, Las Vegas, or Dallas or Chicago or any other market that might have some people that would want to come. No, they chose Birmingham. Birmingham. Play it in Lubbock. Play the USFL in Lubbock. You can get 5,000 people out there every week. Like empty stadiums. Playing double headers. It's on NBC and Fox. It. I, I don't know. I hope that the USFL is uh, making a travel team again. The NCAA transfer portal has thousands of entrants. If you are like me, you're kind of self-scouting, scouting the Texas Tech team, scouting uh, maybe some players who have entered the transfer portal. You see this first team guy. You've seen this second team all-conference guy. You see this freshman All-American, you say, hey, maybe they'll fit in with Texas Tech. Now, we don't have any power here, but we do have some football brains between us. So I'm going to ask you as well for the text line, what position do you want to improve at Texas Tech via the transfer portal? Right now, according to Rivals, you have the 17th ranked class in college football. I think on 24-7 you have the 21st ranked. Don't quote me on that. Top 25 classes according to the top three major sites. On three being the third. So that is 
pretty good. The best since 2011. And with a position like wide receiver, you can have an immediate contributor. It's rare to have an immediate defensive line contributor, though you did have one this year in a data ray. Running back, you had the, the freshman of the year in the conference was a running back at Baylor. So there are positions that I think are easier to introduce from the high school level and be successful early. I mean, there's a reason you have freshman All-American teams. I think some of these safeties coming in could probably play early, some of these four-star guys. But where do you want to go get in the transfer portal? Uh, the first text on this, the offensive line. Uh, step two would be the offensive line, and then the third would be the offensive line. Now, you've seen this staff be very focused on the offensive line through the transfer portal through the first run. And when we talked about the offensive line recruiting last year, I don't want to use the word desperate, but when you look at a class that is coming together so quickly and you're kind of seeing a staff identify holes in the roster and go get this and that, and then you see seven offensive line transfers in several Power Five, a couple of JUCO walk-ons, you're like, okay, that is a position of need. I think you were moderately successful in the transfer portal this year. I think Ty Buchanan was young, but has potential to start at Texas Tech from USC. Monroe Mills comes in from Oklahoma State, starts every game he's healthy for. Dennis Wilburn, a transfer JUCO guy, comes in and starts every game at center. Then you kind of had some rotating faces at guard. Buchanan started one game at right tackle, and you had uh, Keeler start a couple of games at right tackle when Monroe Mills was hurt. Were you 100% successful? No. No, you weren't. But I think with a year to scout in another year to kind of figure out your system and the level of a Power 5 offensive lineman as opposed to what Kitley and Hamby were doing at Western Kentucky where they had like all five of their offensive linemen, all conference players. I think naturally there is a spot for one or two transfers along the offensive line. But Ty Buchanan might be ready by next year. Cole Spencer, who was a transfer from Western Kentucky, has been at Texas Tech for an entire year now, will be back healthy. It might be a, a, a spot where Caleb Rogers moves in a spot or two. So if the offensive line was Ty Buchanan, Monroe Mills at the tackles, somebody playing center, and then you add a guard, and then the fifth offensive lineman is Cole Spencer, I think you're cooking with gas on the offensive line from this year to next. But I certainly think that there is always room for Power 5 transfers. But here's what I don't want. 
if you're trying to improve the offensive line now, which I don't necessarily think you were doing last year. I think you were just replenishing the roster. This year, if you're trying to improve the offensive line now, go get a grad transfer. Go get some 24-year-old grizzled veteran like Stormont or Berger, the staff before. Go get somebody who started Power 5 or the equivalent games. If you can't find that guy in year two, play young. Because you can create that guy. And there are nine, I think, freshmen on the roster today. You've got five, at least, in the class. There's a bunch of sophomores, too. Jacoby Jackson was a guy who played a bunch this year. He might be a starter next year as well. But you also can't be afraid to start replacing some guys. But again, I think the class last year, that transfer class that everyone expected to come in and everyone was going to start, you're going to start five new guys. Maybe not everyone. I expected that. But looking back and reflecting a little bit, they just went and gotten a bunch of young guys and a bunch of bodies. And then you can be a lot more selective this year and go get a starter if that's a position you want to address in the transfer portal. More transfer portal texts on the text line. We'll get to them after this break. It is the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9, the Arctic Air Studios. Who do you want in the transfer portal? If you have a specific name, you can drop that too. If not, positions. Let's hear them. 806-855-3712 on the text line. The position I want has been named. So we'll talk about that when we come back. It's Rob Bro Show, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 13.9 News Money Sports Talking Transfer Portal for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Who do you want to see added? Maybe not specifically, but what is a position of need for Texas Tech moving forward? I I one hundred percent agree with everyone saying offensive line. Offensive line is a huge position of need, and I absolutely think you need to get better there. But let me ask you this. Is it better to take the guys you have that are young, like Jackson this year or Buchanan this year, who you started a game before an injury, and just give them the keys and improve with them? Or do you want to go get... There's a kid from UTEP who started 25 games at UTEP, was second-team all-conference USA. He's a tackle. Do you want to go get him and have him start for a year and then have your sophomore who might be ready, a junior who's probably ready by then? 
but still inexperienced. I think you'll see some offensive linemen join the Red Raider team through the portal. But I don't think you'll see as many as you saw last year because a bunch of those guys are still on campus. And I think now you're focused on having some of these true freshmen coming in, being ready by the redshirt sophomore season. And if you just play the guys you have, you might be really good or at the very least really experienced by 20, I don't know, 24. I don't think as far as the offensive line goes, there is a a short-term fix that is a long-term solution. And in college football, there's not really ever that. But the short-term fix at like wide receiver is a long-term solution if you plan on being in the transfer portal every single year. That's what Matt Wells had planned. And to be honest, it worked pretty well considering. Now, I think you have to do both. I said when we went to the break that there was a texture that had my my hope. The first text here is offensive line number one, linebackers number two. I think linebacker is another position of need. And you've seen at Texas Tech an older linebacker come in and be very effective. Creshawn Merriweather was a, an overlooked JUCO linebacker that came in and was immediately successful. And then you gave you and then gave you three seasons. Colin Schooler was an all-Pac-12 player that came in and was really good for you. So I think middle linebacker uh, or even outside linebacker is a position that you could really go get. And linebacker is a position that can move up a level, uh, move up a level, I think, and and be productive. But here is the position that I would look at. Corner. I think you 100% could go get a corner to come in for a year and greatly improve your defense. Now, if you could go get a free agent like Tyree Wilson, an edge rusher, that's that's the one that is like, yeah, no duh. If you go get a hired assassin, edge rusher, there's a guy from Oregon in the portal right now. By the way, Tim DeRuder was at Oregon. But I think long-term here, to bridge a gap to your younger players, corner is a real position of need. Because I don't think you have anybody on the roster or in the recruiting class that is going to step in and be a high-level corner. I think you are recruiting plenty of guys that will eventually be that. And if Rasha Williams and Malik Dunlap choose to test the NFL waters or move on or go to the XFL and the USFL, I don't know what they want to do. But if these guys move on, I think you will have to go 
after some defensive backs in the portal. Adrian Fry definitely moving on, exhausted his eligibility. Muddy Waters moving on, exhausted his eligibility. And I think you have some young guys who have played this year who can play. Kobe Miner, I think, is a guy who will get way more snaps next year and has put in the work to do so. And I am really high on the freshmen you have on campus this year who redshirted and the freshmen you have coming in, a couple of four-star safeties, I think you have some defensive backs ready to play. But are you going to have quality defensive backs that are physical enough? Could you could you look at corner? I think corner would rank highly on my level of interest for the transfer portal. Now, offensive line, I think, is the obvious answer, but I think that there's a more nuanced conversation that you just start the guys you have and really focus on the draft. Not the draft. The high school recruiting. I, I, I just... I don't think you can short-term fix the offensive line. I think you just need to be in it and build through the high school ranks. But at all the skill positions, I think you can go get a guy that fits your needs right now. I think wide receiver is a really big position of need in certain ways. Because you have a lot of guys who can play. Absolutely. You have four guys that were starters this year that kind of are all the same style. Big body, point of attack, 50-50 guys. Sparkman, Cleveland, Fungi to an extent. I think Duran Bradley has separated himself as the guy, maybe. The future. But if there's a track guy out there, if there's a really fast wide receiver, you would absolutely add or look to add that kind of wide receiver. I I would be all in on that style. I think running back is another position where you just trust the guys you have. Taj Brooks, Bruiser, Cameron Valdez, Bryson Donald, both flash this year that they have a little get them up and go. I'm very excited about those three to be your lead backs next year. I think you will probably add a quarterback via the portal as your third option. I think you kind of replace him with the Donovan Smith-esque player. Henry Columbia-esque, maybe you would say. Now, Henry Columbia had to start a bunch of games for you, but the transfer you get at quarterback this year, hopefully, knock on wood, won't ever start a game for you. Another thing to discuss here is if a bunch of guys don't leave via the portal, there's not a ton of space to add via the portal. You might only get about six transfers in if there's not a lot of guys leaving. And 
you know, that's a discussion that the coaching staff will have. And, and you have plenty of seniors leaving, but you got 25 in the class right now. I think you want to add one or two even to that high school class. There is some reference that you can kind of extend your class. I think you can get 35 this year instead of 25. I don't know that many people are doing that. And then if you have some super seniors return, like a Bradford or a Hutchings, you'll have even less less spots. Good news is this: the team you had this year has the ability to win eight or nine games with more experience. In my opinion. And with another year in the system. I think the offensive line improved a great deal down the stretch, and I'm much higher on Buchanan and Jackson and Monroe Mills as starters next year than I probably think most of you are. Like A lot of people wanted to fire the entire offensive line room into the sun by about week six this year. But I really do think they improved. And if they can get the mentality down, if they can be tougher like their coach, like their position coach, then I think that only improves them more. But I, I would stray away from forcing a starter at the offensive line position unless it is an obvious immediate upgrade. There's a bunch of big bodies out of Alabama leaving, transferring out. And maybe if there's a, a freshman transferring out, you go get him. But I wouldn't expect to rely on any transfer you get this year at the offensive line position. I would expect you're starting five guys that are already here. And Cole Spencer being one of those who did not play this year. All right, we'll take another break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show for today. It is the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. We'll have a special topic when we come back. It's Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Bro Show, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. Some breaking news out of the transfer portal. Uh, Tulsa linebacker Justin Wright has committed to Oklahoma State. I, I am intrigued. I, I am very, very intrigued by what's going on at Oklahoma State. If, if you just look at... Man, if you if you look at who's in the portal, okay, and you just look at Big Twelve teams, and you look at what Big Twelve teams are most affected or not affected, or 
really affected by the transfer portal. I think just off off the cuff, you would say that Oklahoma State has the most players in the portal. And you would be correct of the guy, of the teams that are staying. Oklahoma has the most players in the portal. They have 13. And I th- I think these are the 24/7 tracker numbers. Baylor has 4, Iowa State has 8 players in the portal. Kansas has 7 players in the portal. Kansas State has 5. Oklahoma 13, Oklahoma State 10. TCU 0. They're kind of busy. Texas 8, Texas Tech 2, which it's really more like 3 or 4, but scholarships, non-scholarships, who's in, who's out, who was on the team, that kind of stuff matters. West Virginia has 8 players in the transfer portal. And in the incoming universities, BYU 4, Cincinnati 6, Houston 7, UCF 7. This information compiled by the 1012 network, but it's out there on various recruiting sites. I like the on three site. Uh, the transfer portal and all this stuff. They I don't know where they get them or how they track it, but they have NIL information. Like potential worth by some guys. Most guys, so. But, you know, the Rivals crew and, and the 24-7 crew both do good jobs on that as well. I I don't judge a program or a program's health by if they have more or less transfers in the portal. I don't think Texas Tech's program stability is more stable than Oklahoma State's because they have 10 less players in the portal. But I am very intrigued by Mike Gundy, who openly says he doesn't like the transfer portal, who says he's not going to talk to players as they exit, who talks about the dirty NIL and how he doesn't want to have much to do with it, who basically says all the things that college athletes are supposed to hate nowadays, and then he gets a quality Tulsa linebacker to commit to Oklahoma State. Now, that kid probably really wanted to go to Oklahoma State his entire life, but wasn't good enough initially and went to Tulsa and got better, and now he's at Oklahoma State. American dream success story. He's Rudy, who went to Holy Cross, got his grades up, and finally got to Notre Dame. But it's just going to be interesting how many people Oklahoma State can add through the portal and what kind of players they can add. Is a Power 5 transfer that's looking for opportunity go to Oklahoma State? Can they? Yes. Will they? Why would they? Why would a Power 5 player leaving a Power 5 program who most would assume are looking for some kind of NIL deal or playing time or anything else, why would they go to Oklahoma State? Well, if your main goal is to have playing time, you might get it at Oklahoma State. 
But if you want to be on a cutting-edge program that's looking into the future, that's just not Oklahoma State. At a time when you're trying to get into a a new-look conference from a position of strength, Oklahoma State just doesn't seem to be doing that. And to lose Cobb, one of the best linebacker safeties in the Big 12, and to go to this kid from Tulsa, is that a 1-1 trade? Doesn't seem like it. We'll be back tomorrow with more college football talk. Maybe get into some of the bowls that are coming up. We've got college basketball tonight as Texas Tech plays another game. They're going to be favored by like 20 the rest of the non-conference. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. on the Raiderland as well. Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. I'm Rob Bro. Be Rob Bro tomorrow, hopefully. We'll see you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.